0: You are listening to the Fox, a podcast novel written and read by Arlene Radaski. Chapter Twenty Three, Jana, eighty-two A.D., April. Further walked to a waist-high stone. PICKED UP A GOBLET WITH HER FREE HAND, RAISING IT SO ALL COULD SEE. THE FLAMES OF THE FIRE REFLECTED OFF IT AS A GOLDEN HALO. I THOUGHT I SAW IT VIBRATE IN Firtha's HAND. IN THIS CUP I HAVE WATER FROM THE SACRED STREAM. IT WILL GIVE STRENGTH TO THE ONE WHO WILL SACRIFICE HIS ALL, HIS SOUL, TO THE GODS. THE ONE WHO DRINKS FROM IT WILL CARRY OUR PLEA TO THE GODS. THAT PERSON WILL BE RESURRECTED IN THE GOD'S PRESENCE. SHE WALKED BACK TO OUR SMALL CIRCLE, GOBLET STILL HELD ABOVE HER HEAD. ONE OF YOU WILL SPEAK TO THE GODS WITH OUR VOICES. WITH HER STATEMENT, OUR EYES SEARCHED EACH OTHER, WAITING FOR THE OTHER ONE TO SAY, I AM THE ONE. I WANT TO DIE FOR OUR PEOPLE. BUT NO ONE SPOKE. We all must be ready to give one life, she said, to keep the blood of our people from being lost for all time. Rona's words rushed back into my head. I remembered her story about the boy who was sacrificed to save her life and continue her family line. The goddess Scotia has demanded one earthly life for all, one life for our king and his people. Our families. She has given me dreams of difficult battles and seemingly impossible times ahead. However, she has also shown me that we will triumph in the end. But she grows annoyed. We have stopped following the ancient ways, and we must act soon if we are to have the goddess's help. She wants a human sacrifice one who talks to the gods from this side. I vow the one who dies will live on in our songs and memories. This life will not be lost to time. This sacrifice will live through the ages. Scotia has spoken to me and promised me this. I have seen the chosen one in my visions. She stopped behind and between Morug and Quara. They held hands and stared into each other's eyes. I imagined they were saying to each other, "'If it is me, I will not go without you.' "'It is not either of you,' Bertha said, keeping the goblet high. "'You would not be able to deliver our message alone.' She moved on to Rosten and Uliam. Rosten smiled and looked up at her. Did he even know what she was asking? Maybe not. He was so young.' I doubted he had even seen a sacrifice in his village. Slaves taken in battle were traded, not sacrificed, for many years. William knew. I could see him start to curl up into himself, trying to make himself as small as a mouse and skitter away unseen. She rested her staff against her shoulder as she stroked Roston's cheek and said, "'The gods do not want an innocent.' "'one who knows nothing and cannot tell them stories of our world. "'You have not even begun to scrape the hair off your face, it seems. "'You do not know enough.' "'She turned and looked at Uliam and said, "'The one who goes must be brave. "'It must be a person who will not cower in front of Belle and Morigna. "'You would try to find a place under their table, not in front of it.' His shoulders dropped a fraction as if in disappointment, but I watched the fear release from his eyes. How could we just sit there, accept her insults, and then permit her to choose one of us? Did not the others understand what was happening? I grabbed Laverne's arm and tried to get him to look at me. I wanted to stand and shout, Wait! You are asking us to leave our life here. You are asking us for the ultimate self our souls. How can you be so cruel? Then, as if a shaft of light fell on me, I understood. We shall lose our families, our way of life here if we do not win the battle with the Romans. All the way to this fort, we talked about the best way to get the ears, the attention of the gods. How better than to stand in front of them and ask for their blessings? How better to save Chrissy? Am I not ready to give my life for hers? Further, must have the perfect messenger. Yes! I tried to say it under my breath, but both Laverne and Rona looked my way. They gave me a nod of understanding. They had come to this conclusion long before me. Nathrikian stood and reached for the cup. I will give my life in this way. I am ready to speak with the gods. Ah, wolf! I agree. You are ready, but you will have to wait. I need you here in my band. We will protect the king, and I need your life force with us during his battles. You carry the animals of the forest within you, and the voice of the wolves will rise, howling above the din of the battle. He stepped back. A look of contentment was on his face. He may not be the one chosen for this deed, but he knew his value was understood. Rona, Firtha turned and said, Your knowledge and calmness will be needed in the coming days. Your life experiences and being a seer will be invaluable to the king and me. You will also stay here. Rona stood, took Firtha's hand and said, Yes, I have seen this too. I know what comes to pass is necessary. Then Rona sat down facing me. It was to be me. Rona was sitting in front of me to acknowledge that I was the chosen one. Breathing rapidly I closed my eyes, fingered my labyrinth bag, and calmed myself. I was ready to reach for the cup when Firtha stepped behind Laverne. I stood and tried to reach the goblet. I will take the cup, I said. I am the one who already talks to the gods. "'I help the dying across the river of death "'and have seen people from the other side. "'I know the path to the gods. "'I have had visions since I was a child. "'I am the chosen one. "'I am the one to go.' "'Rona, standing now, "'gently guided my hand away from the cup. "'I looked at her in confusion. "'Why was she doing this? "'It was so right for the chosen one to be me. "'I was ill and would cross death's river soon.' Laverne would stay and take care of Chrissy. She would need a strong protector. Why wouldn't Rona give me my hand back? Yes, Jana, said Firtha. Your work is pleasing to the other world. You have helped many cross the river of death to eat at the tables of the gods, but Scotia has not chosen you. You will help the chosen one cross. You are the one who brought him to us. Pounding filled my head, and I became unsteady on my feet. She walked a few steps to my right, standing in front of the only one left in our group she had not addressed. Laverne. She raised her staff to the air, as high as the goblet still over our heads, and said, "'It is you!' Bertha's voice cut through me. "'The goddess Scotia has spoken to me!' My dreams show me your face. I have seen it for many seasons, watched you grow and become a healer. I have seen you revere the sacred water and oak. You are the one with the colors surrounding your body, the colors of the rainbow. Scotia has chosen you to bring our plea to the gods. No, it is me. I could not believe her words. I had to pull her attention back to me. "'Shh!' said Rona, trying to calm me. Wrapping her arm around my shoulders and leaning into my ear. she said, "'I have also seen. It is Laverne.' Bertha continued, "'Laverne, you were brought to us by the gods. You should have died by the Roman sword, but you fought and lived. You are the one to be sacrificed on Beltane.' I watched as she gave him the cup. He turned to me and said, "'I do this.' because I love you. I have pledged not to let the Romans take us. If this will keep you free, I will gladly die in a sacrifice to Scotia. He gulped the contents of the now black goblet. The roaring inside my head was subdued by the hissing of my snake. I understood now what I had seen from the beginning, that gods had given us a short life together on this earth too short a time together. All my fears were being realized. Rona's arms left me, and I stumbled back into the circle of stones as all the druids gathered around Laverne, and the droning hum started again. His voice rose above the noise of the druids. I will speak to the gods for us, but I ask one thing. I wish to go home, I want the ceremony to be during Beltane with my clan chieftain by my side. I ask to hold my daughter one more time. Pray to the gods to allow me to do this one last thing, Firtha. Laverne held my eyes locked in his. I wanted to flee, to grab his hand, and both of us run as fast and as far as we could. We would go get Chrissy and live in the forest by ourselves. We could do this. He had done it before, but in his eyes I saw he would not run again. Resolve and understanding passed through me. At that moment I started to give him up to the gods, though it rent my heart into pieces. I did not see him again for three days and nights. further had received the answer Laverne asked for. We would go home. I did not remember eating. "'drinking or sleeping the time we were in the fort "'after the night of the choosing. "'I watched him come out of the lodge "'and slipped through the druid's protective circle. "'When I reached him, I could not stop myself. "'I hit him. "'I beat him around his chest and shoulders. "'I was so angry, I could not stop. "'How can you leave? "'Why is it you? "'Why not another druid?' Who is to protect Chrissy? How can you do this? I knew the answer in my mind. He was not mine. He belonged to the gods. I felt betrayed. He stood still, his strength holding him upright. As I started upwards to his face, he took hold of my wrists. I tried to wrench free, but although he did not have a tight squeeze on my arms, I was unable to break away. My breath ragged and my muscles weak, I leaned against his chest in tears, his hands caressing my hair, telling me to shush. When I calmed enough to lean back and look into his face, I saw tears running freely from his blue eyes. Do you not think I wonder every day why the gods chose me? Why it is me who must go to their table and beg for our lives? I remember every minute of our lives together. I can feel Chrissy's weight as a baby in my hands. I hear her laughter. I long for the warmth of your body against mine, the sweetness of your lips, the velvet tip of your tongue. The last thing I remember at night is you. The last thing I will think about in death is the lavender scent of your soft raven's wing hair. These earthly things I will miss more than any man could ever know. He wiped his nose with the back of his hand and shook the tears from his face. But it is not for me to ask why. I have been chosen. I am the one to go. You are the one to stay and remind the others to prepare. The gods will not make this an easy trial. Scotia has told us that we must fight to free ourselves. "'he slipped his labyrinth bag off his shoulder "'and held the soft leather in his hands, "'kissed it, and handed it to me. "'Jonna, this is all I have of value "'other than you and Chrissy. "'I charge you to take care of it "'and pass it on to Chrissy. "'I am not going to see you again "'until the night before the ceremony. "'You of all people, Jonna, "'know how to make my crossing smooth. "'I want you there. "'I need you there.' and will ask you for no more tears. No, I demand no more tears. I will spend my last night with you. I will give my body and soul to the gods willingly, if it will save Chrissy and the other children of our clan, the loss of self I have seen in the captured children. I need you to be strong. I have begun my last journey. His eyes bore into mine, pleading, I could not refuse his request, his demand. "'Yes, I swear,' I whispered. "'No more tears. "'I will build a wall around my heart to dam them "'and keep them from falling. "'I will be with you and will make your crossing as easy as possible. "'I will plead for Bethan to be there to guide your boat across the river "'and my mother to meet you on the other side. "'She will keep you safe and go with you to the gods "'until it is my turn to come.' We will meet again, Laverne. We will be together again for a time longer than this life on earth. I slid his bag over my neck and under my dress to be warmed by my heart. We mounted our ponies. Our small company had grown. Firtha, her nine druids, and three of the king's warriors. The warriors were to return home as soon as we reached our hillfort. They were charged to stop at all the villages between ours and the king's, to spread the word of the Roman invasion and gather proof of the pledges of warriors. I had no memory of the trip home. Rona rode with me, and I slept only when she brewed tea for me. The Druids surrounded Laverne. They enveloped him in their ceremony. Beltane Eve, the next time I would be near him, would come too quickly. All came out to honor him. News of our journey traveled from village to village, and clansmen and women stood in the roads, watching as we passed. Whisper words drifted into all ears about the upcoming Beltane sacrifice. If Laverne had been a warrior who killed others in battle, they would have cheered. But on this ride there were hushed prayers. All seemed to know of his gift to them. Their eyes followed us until we rode over the next rise, or around the farthest bend in the road." Silius and Heralt were among the first I saw on the path that led up to the top of our hill. Behind them stood the young man whose broken leg we had fixed. Torian, now grown into a fine, strong warrior, was promised to Kenric's guard. He would be one of those fighting in the front line with Kenric and the king's men. His father Angus stood beside him with several younger boys nearby. All faces had the look of awe and praise— that had become common on this road of honor. My stomach ached when I saw their eyes. I had to close mine and take my mind far away to stop the flood of tears that constantly threatened to fall. I had promised. I had sworn not to cry. Our group slowly rode through our small village center, surrounded by friends walking with us as we rode, Chrissy waited ahead, but her hand was held by Kenrick's wife, Catrin. Kenrick stood tall in the doorway to his lodge. Dressed as our chieftain, a leader of warriors, he carried his shield, the same one carried by Bethan so long ago, and had two long swords across his back and a short blade in his belt. He stood with his spear, eagle feathers and bear's teeth hanging from it, in his left hand. His hair was braided and hung down his neck. He wore a plaid cape closed by the oak pin, fashioned by Finlay. It brought back to my mind the mistletoe pin worn by the king and his brother. A stray thought ran through my head. I must remember to tell Finlay about it. As if it were important to me now. The king's warriors slid off their ponies. We bring the druids as the king ordered us. The Beltane sacrifice will be here in your village. Furtha, the king's druidess, is here to conduct the ceremony. Do you take the oath to protect her and her followers? Kenrick looked over the rest of us still mounted on the ponies. I will have the honor of having the Beltane ceremony here. I will protect all who come to take part in this ceremony. At this, his head turned to Laverne. He nodded. I am honored to know this sacred man. Yes, Kenrick. I thought. You knew him. He ate at your table repeatedly. He sang your songs and laughed at your jokes and healed your sick children. He mourned Bethan's death with you. I knew him, too, when he was but a man. He made love to me in the cave. He cried when he killed the white stag for me. Now we will watch him die, give his life for ours. Yes, we knew him, this sacred chosen one. The king's warriors stayed with Kenrick and his warriors at the top of the hill. Laverne and the druids rode back down the hill toward the sacred spring, where they would burn purifying fires until Beltane Eve. Silius and Heralt took the reins of my pony and led me back to the hospice. They knew I could not go home. I sat on a cot, the world around me dreamlike, until Chrissy came, carried in Eric's farms, followed by Finlay. I tried to stand, but my legs would not hold me, and I sat back down hard on the cot. Forgive me for not standing. I have not eaten or slept well on this journey. What day is today? Eric sat next to me and guided Chrissy to my lap, where I hugged her, my nose buried in her hair, inhaling the scent of honey. She carried Laverne's smell. My heart jumped and tears seeped into the corners of my eyes, but did not fall. "'Tomorrow is Beltane,' Finlay said. "'We have begun preparing. "'The fire is being laid in the field. Eric told me you would want to see Chrissy, "'so we brought her here to you. "'I must go soon. "'Kenrick is chafed by this decision, "'though we know it must be done. "'I must convince him Laverne will be acting on our behalf. "'He told me he would rather Laverne act on our behalf "'as our healer, not as a sacrifice.' I know he understands the importance of this event, but I must stand between him and the Druids if by chance he says something that angers them. He is, like our father, not careful with his words, speaking his mind with no regard to consequence. It is hard for us all to understand that the goddess Scotia wants Laverne, said Eric. She wrapped her arms around me and gently kissed my cheek. It all happens too soon, I said. I have made a decision. I will not be here long after Laverne goes. You know that. Both Finley and Eric looked at me with understanding and nodded. I charge you to take Chrissy and keep her from harm. She has grown to be a part of your family and will do well with you. I love you both and trust my only child to be with you. I know the decisions you make for your children and her would be the same as my decisions. Watch over her watch over your children. Our children are our blood, our future. Chrissy sat on my knees and looked into my face. Her weight was almost too much for my weakened legs. My gut pain had grown difficult to bear, kept only in check by Rona's drink. I drew in my breath and prayed for the strength I would need for this conversation. Chrissy's wide eyes peered into mine, and she said, "'Mother,' I went into the forest yesterday, and I saw the biggest fox I have ever seen. Does father know it's here? Ah, the fox. I understood as soon as Laverne became the chosen one that the sign I saw in front of the king's fort was a parting of my life with Laverne. The fox was saying good My ravens flew away from him, and he gave me his departing bow before he left. "'The fox followed us, followed Laverne on his last journey. "'There were no ravens following us on our trip here. "'Yes,' I said, "'that is the king's fox, and it followed us from his fort. "'It is here to watch over you. "'Your father and I will be going away. "'You will live with Brock now. "'I remember how you liked to go hunting and exploring with him. "'But, mother, when are you coming back?' When you go away, you always come back. Where is father? I want to tell him about the fox. Chrissy, you shall have to listen now and listen well. Do you remember the story your father told you about the fox who gave his life to save his family? Yes, I remember that fox. He was not as big as the one I saw yesterday. No, the one you saw yesterday is the fox that will be with you for the rest of your life, watching over you. "'When you see it or think about it, you will remember your father. "'The fox will remind you your father watches over you, too. "'Remember how we looked for owls at night? "'Who watches through those owls' eyes?' "'Grandmother!' she said with a giggle. "'I saw an owl catch a mouse. "'Does that mean Grandmother ate the mouse?' "'No.' "'I hugged her closer to me with a smile.' "'No, the mouse will keep the owl alive "'so that Grandmother can look through its eyes. "'Grandmother is eating at the table of the gods "'on the other side of the river of death. "'I have told you this, remember? "'Yes, Mother, we're all going to be with her some day. "'She lives in a special place now, "'not here with us, but not far.' "'I'm glad you remember,' I said. "'Soon your father and I will be living in that place.' WE WILL BE WATCHING YOU THROUGH THE EYES OF THE ANIMALS NEAR YOU, LIKE GRANDMOTHER. YOUR FATHER WILL BE THE FOX, AND I WILL BE THE RAVEN WHO NESTS NEAR YOUR DOORWAY. HER FACE SHOWED HER CONFUSION. I KNEW SHE DID NOT UNDERSTAND. ALL I COULD GIVE HER WAS THE MEMORY OF THIS DAY, ONE THAT SHE COULD CALL BACK EVENTUALLY, WHEN SHE WAS OLD ENOUGH TO UNDERSTAND. I CONTINUED, I HAVE A GIFT FOR YOU, Chrissy. This is the bag your father carried from his home, and here, this is the bag your father made for me.' I slipped both labyrinth bags from under my dress. They were warm from my body. I opened them and shook the contents to the cot. Out of Laverne's bag fell our hair, braided together and held by the red thread from our marriage, and the fur from the first fox he had killed, small pieces of fur from every one's sense, and dried berries from the mistletoe we harvested just before the rain drove us into the cave, the cave where we found we loved each other. The crystals the bag once held lay buried under the posts of our home, his precious tokens from his past. Out of mine fell Chrissy's birth cord, bronze, red and gold and black hair tied together with a red thread, my mother's hair clasp given to her by my father, and mistletoe berries. Yes, I had gathered some from the floor of that cave, too. I kept my armlets in the bag as well, since my arm grew too thin to wear them. They clanked as they fell out. Chrissy laughed. That is your sound, mother. Chrissy, these are the things that will bring you comfort when you need it. Keep these bags close to your heart. You have a history here that you will not understand until you are older. Do not misplace them. Look, on the outside is painted a labyrinth "'Learn to follow this path. First, use your finger and then your memory. "'It will lead you to where you are supposed to be in your life.' "'I took hold of her little finger "'and led it around the path on my bag. "'I had often done this before as a way "'to help her grow calm before sleeping. "'I sang to her at these times. "'She sang my song and followed the labyrinth "'for the last time in my lap. "'It is good to hear you sing, Chrissy.' Your voice is clear and beautiful. Some day you will sing songs of your father. We picked up the tokens on the cot and put them back into the bags. I returned only one armlet to my bag. I was to be buried with the armlet Laverne gave me at her birth. Chrissy, I'm giving you the armlet my mother gave me. It has the spirals of our family. Some day you will look on it and understand the events that are to come. The spirals are our bloodline. See how they are unbroken? Yes, mother, can I go play now? Chrissy, you are a child of my womb. Of all the spirits who have touched me, yours is the one I would truly give my life for. When you are grown and have a child of your own, hold him up to show me. Hold him high, so your father and I can bless him. She turned her green eyes to me, and I placed my hand on the crown of her hair. Gods, if you listen to me on this earth, if you value the life sacrificed to you, bless this child and guide her on her life's journey. In my name, Jana, and her father's name, Laverne. Forbidden tears slipped from my eyes. She sat still as I slipped the strings over her head and placed the bags under her dress. She patted them into place. They will become a part of her body soon. She will stop thinking of them until she needs them. She moved quickly when I let her go, like a rabbit out of a trap. I asked for a kiss, and she grudgingly leaned and touched our lips together. Then she ran out of the door with the energy of a child, my eyes following her as long as I could. I sipped, "'Silius's broth and honey-sweetened mead "'laced with drops of the oil of the poppy. "'I rested to garner my feeble energy for tomorrow. "'Beltane. "'My stomach clutched as my mind "'refused to accept the passage of time. "'The day. "'No, I could not think on it. "'It was the day of his sacrifice.' Please join me again for another chapter of The Fox by Arlene Radasky. Now enjoy the music of Steve McDonald's song, Freedom, from his album, Stone of Destiny. His music can be found at www.etherian.com, E-T-H-E-R-E-A-N, who along with Steve have allowed me to use the music in my podcasts. Learn more about The Fox at www.radasky.com.
1: For the sake of our name Why should our children